Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, Tonight, it is time for our SummerSlam preview. And though the card has not yet been fully finalised, it's time for myself, Andy Wales, and of course, my uh, audio tag team partner, Mo Chatter, Chatter, sorry, Mo, for getting your name wrong, to, uh, to run through the card and put this all together so that the next week we can indulge in a bit of nostalgia. So first thing first, Mo, welcome along. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, no, I've been called worse, so don't worry about that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we won't go into that. No, <laughs> definitely not. Let's let's save it for another time, off air preferably. But um, yeah, no, we, we've got. Uh, a very eventful week coming up next week. Um, Takeover, SummerSlam. Um, we'll have some big Raw and SmackDown shows, you know, either side as well. So uh, plenty to be happening next week, and uh, looking forward to talking about um, Takeover and also the fact that we are going to be going into our thirtieth SummerSlam. So it will be a chance to reminisce of years gone by and SummerSlams past. So uh, looking forward to that next week, but. Uh, in the meantime, as you say, we'll get stuck into previewing um, the big show coming up in just over a week. Yeah, well, when you get as old as I am and, you know, you've been watching this for as long as I have, you can't wait for them nostalgia. The the the, the trip back in time, it's, ah, it's lots of fun. But anyway, look, more I want to, I didn't purposely didn't tell you this before we got started, but I want to hit, I want to hit you with a bit of a bombshell because, um, I've got some news of my own, all right? After Now, a few weeks ago, we did our Battleground um, review, and we were not very complimentary, let's say, about it. In fact, so so downhearted, so downbeat, so crestfallen was I and depressed by watching that pile of crap that I cancelled my subscription to the WWE Network there and then after I finished watching it all. I, I was so disappointed with what I was being served up. I have to say more, and credit where credit is due, because I, we 
you know, we, we're quick to criticise WWE, but I think we're also fair to uh, compliment them where it is due. And I've got to give credit where credit is due. The past couple of weeks of Raw and SmackDown have been really, really good. I've been impressed to the point where today I reactivated my WWE Network subscription. So there you go. You did what? <laughs> that didn't yes. last long then. It, well, that's it. And like I say, credit where credit is due. I, I was I was concerned about the product and where it was heading and how terrible television had been for, for quite some time. And it had culminated in an absolutely dreadful pay-per-view that, that I just didn't care about. Um, but the past couple of weeks, Raw and SmackDown have both been very, very good. And as a consequence, I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to SummerSlam. Now, I know some of the matches, when we look at them, you think, hmm, yeah. But there are other ones that I'm actually quite looking forward to. And I just, the, the whole presentation is just kind of took a real step up as though me cancelling my subscription made a difference to Vince McMahon and the whole of WWE. So, yeah. I never fair, know. Yeah, well, you never know. Credit where credit is due. I think things have taken a real upturn in, in the past couple of weeks. Um, just before we crack, you know, crack through the card. What about yourself then? Do Do you feel that the recent television has has taken that upturn? Oh, certainly. I mean, well, certainly on the side of Raw, um, some of the stuff that they've been doing around the. Uh, the main event match um, involving Brock, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and um, Roman Reigns has been uh, very good, almost bordering on the exceptional. Um, so, you, know, you just can't help but be impressed with some of that. Some of the undercard stuff from Raw as well, also been quite impressive, quite pleasing, um, different to the usual kind of mundane, predictable crap. Um, and whereas on, on the SmackDown side, Again, it still continues to lag behind Raw in terms of entertainment and uh, consistency. But, um, you know, they've had their moments over on that side as well. Um, some of the stuff between Kevin Owens and uh, AJ Styles has certainly been um, a little bit better in terms of heating that one up. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to finally see Jinder Mahal move away from um, Randy Orton, but not quite as we saw on this past week's. Smackdown, but um, you know that that was a few that was you know causing everyone to lose the will to live. Um, so the fact that he's got a new opponent um, in Nakamura for SummerSlam is is, is most um, welcome. So uh, yeah, there's certainly uh, things to be positive about, things to be um, excited about um, heading into the show. Yeah, for me, what they've done, the difference, I think. Firstly, on Raw, yeah, things have been improving steadily for, for probably, I'd say, a month or two. But I think things have really kind of stepped up recently. And like you say, the main event has been re- built very, very well. The thing I feel the difference with SmackDown is, yeah, we've, they've changed up some of the feuds and it feels a bit fresher. But I think they've it's just been presented in a way that I feel like I should actually care a bit more than I did before even if some of the, the actual matches on paper don't fill me with excitement, the actual presentation of it has been much improved. So I, I'm pleased and I'm heartened by by the upturn in recent weeks. 
And we'll start on the card. And you, you mentioned there Randy Orton and Ajinda Mahal. Now, I think that match that we saw was kind of, that's it. Now, that was the, the end. Um, Randy Orton has put Jinder over so many times that this was kind of giving the nod in the opposite direction. Randy Orton gets the pin on SmackDown. He's got the win coming out of that. And we're going to go into SummerSlam with Randy Orton versus Rusev. Um, initially, th- this is a feud that has very little to it. And it just feels like we're just going to put these two guys together in a match. But at least it's something fresh. It's something different. Even though I'm, I will admit I'm not particularly excited by this one, and I, I, I am slightly concerned that Rusev might get a little sidetracked here, I, I, because just purely that Orton has given, you know, he, he's done, he's done his duty so many times that it's almost like this is Orton's turn to to get a win at a pay per view, and where does that leave Rusev? Well, I was quite disappointed that Rusev um, didn't go over Cena at uh, Battleground a few weeks back. So um, I was hoping that going into this match, he'd actually get a win over Orton. And Orton's uh, losing streak on these bigger shows would continue, therefore. Um, you know, Rusev is a very talented, underappreciated um, member of the roster. You know, he's a very good big man worker. He's got charisma, he's got some personality, um, and he can be used quite effectively as a main event heel um, within the SmackDown brand, which is a brand which um, certainly struggles when it comes to um, you know, you know, bona fide main event caliber talents. So you know, if he was to lose against Randy Orton, then um, you know, it just not be very good longer term for Rusev, you know, coming off of a recent big loss to John Cena. And it would really solidify him as just another mid-card act that you shouldn't really care too much about. You know, Randy Orton doesn't need a win as much as Rusev does. Um, Orton is somebody who will always be over because he's, you know, multi-time world champion. Um, It's been a main event act for going 15 years. And um, on top of that, he's somebody who, quite clearly stop caring you know he doesn't put as much effort into um what he does as he used to and um you know for that reason i i care very little about randy orton i don't really invest myself in his matches because i don't feel he does so that's why i'd be quite disappointed if orton was to win i'd like to see rusev go over um, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a good match because you know both are very talented guys um but um, other than that, as you say, it's just something that's thrown together for the sake of getting him on the show. But uh, R- Rusev is somebody who I think you know deserves to get a, a big win on a big show. Um, so I hope he's the one that had his hand raised. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And you know, perhaps I mean, obviously, I, I'm thinking in the, in the terms of the fifty-fifty booking that we we see so often in WWE. I'm just hoping. Perhaps that you know Rusev does go over, and this is, you know, a, a way of eventually maybe flipping uh, Orton back as a heel because I think he does work much better as a heel than he does as a babyface, and I think his character does need freshening up. So, yeah, let let's see how that one plays out. Uh, st- sticking with the the SmackDown brand, um, 
although officially <laughs> we keep being told John Cena's a free agent somehow. Uh, we've got Cena against Baron Corbin. And now you talk about not really caring. I've got to say, I don't care about this match. And I was slightly puzzled that the way that they sort of got this one going straight after the Cena versus Nakamura match, they did the action between um, Cena and Corbin off air. And I just slightly puzzled with that one that, you know, you find out a week later that something's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now this is again, another one where it feels like they're throwing people together purely to get them on the card. Um, You know, John Cena, obviously um, up until a couple of weeks ago was in the reckoning for a title shot against Jinnah Mahal, but then lost to Nakamura um, two SmackDowns back. So obviously, um, on this past week's um, show, they uh, have moved him in a different direction and paired him with Corbin. Clearly, they trying to do something with Baron Corbin, and uh, you, know, um, you know they've put this one together. But again, with only two shows worth of build, you know it's never going to be one of these matches. Um, it's going to get fans really, really excited and pumped up. Um, now that said, though, um, you know I, I, I'd be surprised if John Cena doesn't win. Um, you know this is the type of individual now. You know he's at that level that you know he shouldn't be giving away losses cheaply. They should mean something, and uh, you know losing to somebody like Baron Corbin is is fine, but with the right kind of build and. You know, for a match that will only have had, you know, less than two weeks worth of build, that that just doesn't seem right. You know, so I'd like to think that this is the start of a feud, um, and um, you know, maybe Cena wins, um, but with something out of that match that Corbin can hold on to to continue the program, and um, you know, if it potentially carries on through till even. Survivor Series, you know, if they have a, a big match there, culminating in a win for Corbin, um, that could be something that's really beneficial to his career and um, also, you know, cements the legacy of Cena as somebody who has achieved a lot, but is now moving on to that stage of his career where he can help to create, you know, the superstars of the future. So Cena, I think, will win. Um, I think it'll be an okay match. I mean, Corbin's still a bit rough around the edges, so you can't expect him to go out and have a an absolutely classic match by any means. But um, I'm sure what they will do will be perfectly acceptable. Well, here's my theory and my prediction for this. I think it's a case of, like you say, you know, they're throwing this together so people don't particularly care. But I think the idea behind this is it gets it gets eyes on Corbin in there with a genuine star, which obviously John Cena is, you know, he's a guy who's been on top for longer than anybody else has before. Um, it gets him out there with him, big star in the ring, uh, gets him that bit more experience of being out there in the spotlight with someone so renowned, such a big name. And I, and like yourself, I do expect that Cena will get his hand raised, but, Corbin will come out of it looking fairly strong. And I think 
that that will not be the last time that we see Corbin uh, at the show. As perhaps similar to what we saw at um, WrestleMania a few years ago, where Randy Orton gets to have the win over Seth Rollins, but we end up seeing Seth Rollins later on in the show and he cashes in and wins the money in the bank. And and I suspect that uh, we could see something similar here with Corbin, him cashing in later in the night and end up walking out of um, SummerSlam as, as WWE champion. I like your thinking, Andy. Very good. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly plausible um and quite possible um and yeah certainly if he was to lose against uh, john cena um that would certainly add weight to possibility turns up later in the night to cash in um but no that's a, that's a really good call so uh one to keep an eye on listeners and uh you know if it proves to pan out just like that then we will all be asking andy for the lottery numbers so there we go <laughs> Uh, let me tell you, um, I'm closer. I'm closer to pauper than millionaire. So don't be asking me for lottery numbers. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing, I've been trying for twenty odd years, and I still haven't won. So there you go. Um, uh, switching across onto the raw brand, uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Now, Mo, it's. It's been a strange thing with Finn Balor, isn't it? Since he's come back from injury, he's kind of been a bit stop-start. It feels as though they're not really too sure what to do with him. You know he's a big star. We all know he's a big star. We've seen him in the ring. We've seen the reaction he gets. Uh, we've seen you know, just how good he is in NXT. He was the first ever Universal Champion and obviously got injured. Bray Wyatt, though? Um... <sighs> Whatever they do, Bray Wyatt is not main event, and people working with him, unfortunately, it doesn't come off too well. This is, I think for me, this is a stopgap, and it really needs to be, the you know, we'll probably see the demon him come out, do all of that, but it really needs to be for me, Finn Balor going over, and that's the end of this. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Bella really needs um, a strong win here. You know, he's just come off of a, a mini feud stroke program with um, the Drifter, and uh, you know that's something that really did no favors whatsoever for Bella. For Bella, um, it was almost fifty-fifty booking, um, and uh, it really shouldn't have been presented in that kind of way at all for somebody who potentially could be headlining in the WWE Raw brand. Um, you know, Wyatt, meanwhile, is at a bit of a crossroads as well. Certainly had um, very prominent feature matches and programs over the last 12 months. Um, but again, somebody who's um, lacking in a bit of direction. So uh, a bit of a similar story for both of them in that regard. Um, and whoever wins coming out of this match, you'd suspect that you know they can go on to do something a bit more meaningful. Um, now in the next few months, potentially involving the Universal Championship, whereas uh, the loser, you know, will potentially be cemented in to mid-card nothingness for a while yet. Um, but I, I'd like to see Balor come out of this as a very clear um, winner 
and um, for his career to get back on track because um, you know it has been on the pun drifting for a while now and uh, you know it goes back to one of the things I was discussing the other week on on the pod that uh, you know perhaps this issue around size versus in-ring ability is perhaps um, impacting on his push and um, clearly if you look at the four individuals that are booked in the Universal Championship match they're all two three times the size of Finn Balor so um, you know maybe that they're that kind of mentality of let's push these big huge guys uh, Balor is a victim of that um, so We'll perhaps get an indicator about exactly what the lie of the land is coming out of this match. You know, if Balor was to lose and if Wyatt won, that would certainly not be good at all for Balor's long-term prospects, even though it's just just a one single match. But um, you know, he, he clearly needs a big victory um, because he's not had one for a while um, against a, a key opponent or a top opponent. And um, I would fear for him if uh, he lost yet again. Um, in this one against Wyatt. Yeah, well, in the words of Finn Balor, you know, Bray Wyatt doesn't care about winning or losing. And let's be honest, it's a good job that he doesn't because the number of times over the past few years that we've seen Bray Wyatt lose all the big matches. And yes, of course, we know this is a show, it's predetermined, blah, blah, blah. But it's about the perception and the strength of character and it's... The whole thing is is that emotional connection and people getting behind certain characters, you know, whether and, and being emotionally invested enough to cheer or boo for certain people. And it's that kind of sort of the blase, not really caring either way that is the most dangerous thing. And I think Bray Wyatt, aside from the entrance, the the character has become almost boring because it's just the same thing week after week after week the the ramblings the laughing rolling around the same old stuff and he he loses big matches so people don't take that character seriously that i think they've they've disenfranchised uh, disenfranchised i can't even say that they've disconnected <laughs> with the, with the character somewhat so absolutely i think this is a critical time for vimbala and I don't doubt that they know that they have a star, but I feel that now has to be the time when they really, really get behind him when people are beginning to show doubts about whether or not they really are in support of him. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with Wyatt, um, you know, he, for me, he's a lost cause. I just couldn't give two shits about him. Um, he's very talented on the mic in terms of his delivery, but his promos just just lose everyone's interest straight away as soon as he starts speaking because he just talks nonsense, you know. Um, and I, I know that's part of the gimmick, but um, you know it, it's okay if it's every so often, but if it's every single promo, um, you know, you just if, especially if you're watching at home, you'll fast forward it if you've got the show and record. Um, and occasionally I'll actually decide to watch one of his promos and lo and behold, it's the same usual rambling bullshit. So, you know, that's part of the reason why fans just don't really get behind him. You know, they're quite indifferent towards him. And that's 
you know, the worst thing you can have as a wrestler is, you know, the fans just care so little that they just, just don't react. They don't boo you. They don't cheer you. They just sit there and almost ignore you. And, uh, you know, that's the issue with him. Whereas with Finn Balor, you know, um, you know, there's certainly a connection there. And, um, you know, it'd be a shame for WWE to lose that because, um, it's not everyone that has that kind of connection with the audience that Finn Balor does, but uh, if he's treated like um, a mid-card jobber, then um, you know that kind of uh, connection will be broken, and you know that won't last for forever. So they just need to seize that opportunity whilst it's there and capitalise on it. And um, it'd be a shame for his talent to go to waste. Um, so that's why I'm really hoping that. Um, SummerSlam's a big positive step in the right direction for him. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, moving on to Big Shaw versus um, Big Cass. Lots of bigs in this. Uh, big Shark Cage, um, not Big Enzo Mori. He's only little. There's been a few shouts lately for Enzo Mori to, um, to be transitioned away from that main roster and into the the Cruiserweight 205 division. Now, I think that's a good shout because I, obviously for his size uh, and his ability on the microphone and, and the fact that, that that show just kind of lacks any interest, I think that would be a good a good move for Renzo because um, there's also been rumours about um, about him basically rubbing people up the wrong way in the locker room, so that, that might do him good anyway, but as for this match, I can't get in the slightest bit excited for it. Um, although I do feel that it's important for that next stage for Big Cass again to go over Big Show and then to keep moving on if they if they really do have plans to progress him. Yeah, I think they um, clearly do have plans for Cass, and uh, you know it'd be a surprise to. Uh, Team lose to Big Show. Um, the strangest things have happened, and it might be that um, they want to set up a bigger win for Big Cash, um, perhaps in a few weeks' time, and for Show to go over in this one. But uh, given it's SummerSlam, it's the second biggest show of the year. Now, this is the type of event to be putting over people that you've got plans for. So it'd be balmy for Show to go over. It would make complete sense for cash to go over um and then as you say you know maybe um for the uh cast and enzo to move in completely different directions um potentially um frenzo or cash one of the two to end up on the other brand um you know in due course would make a lot of sense too um but um you know that that's just uh something that i think will happen at some point um, clearly they're not going to be switching people from brand to brand, um, you know, all the time. And it was only, uh, what, three months ago, was it, that we had the latest kind of brand reshuffle? So, yeah, um, it, might, it might have only been two months, actually. Right, okay, so... It just feels you know, like three. Yeah. <laughs> that that was uh, Smackdown for you. you. You thought you'd sat through a year of television, it was only three weeks. Yeah, indeed, yeah. It's... Um, not the most riveting of programming at the moment, <laughs> but um, ah, yeah, it's got I, better I, the last couple of weeks. No, it has. Yeah, it has. I'm in a generous but, mood. Yeah. 
No, I, I think um, you know that that will happen eventually, but um, certainly for the time being, um, you know, even if this match isn't the end of the feud between Cass and more, even though Show is obviously a part of that, um, and certainly at the next WWE um, Raw pay-per-view um i'm sure that that will be the case so um you know cast they've clearly got plans for so i would i would suspect that he's the one to go over in this but if you're expecting a five-star classic for this match then uh, i reckon you'll be sorely disappointed <laughs> yeah <clears throat> as a consumer pro though i i fully expect big Show to uh, to do his best to put cast over in a, in a good way so yeah a Storyline-wise, look, I, I'm not looking forward to the match itself. It doesn't excite me, but storyline-wise, it's been built pretty well. So there you go. It is what it is. Um, moving on to tag team titles. Um, now, we'll start with the SmackDown side of it because this one has been confirmed for the card as we speak. And we've got the New Day versus the Usos. Obviously, this time, we've seen them fight a number of times. This time round that change of dynamic it's the new day in possession of the titles defending against the usos and the usos kind of going back to that gimmick of injuring people and I, I i'm not like i can't say i'm excited for this match i think it'll be pretty good and i've got to say more i i do feel that the usos have really stepped up in the past few months you know the 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 change the change in gimmick, the, the well, not change in gimmick, I should say, their the change to move across from a babyface act who I think the the crowd had got tired with to this kind of heel, you know, these dastardly heels who look to hurt people and you know really go at the crowd. I think that they've slotted to it that role so so well, and and for me credit to them, and I, I do expect this to be a pretty good match. Oh yeah, I, I love their match um, a few weeks ago at Battleground. I thought it was the best match in the show quite comfortably. And uh, I think this one will be no exception. I think um, both teams will go out again looking to um, have a match that's just as good, if not better. And um, you know, they've certainly helped to spicing up a bit more on the SmackDown tag team side. And um, you know, that's certainly been welcome given that SmackDown tag team uh, roster and division had been um, for all intents and purposes dead. Um, it really had no momentum about it. Um, so, and, and that was even without, you know, American alpha, you know, is um, the team that everyone thought would be the, uh, the saviors for the division. And that didn't quite work out. Um, so as for match quality, got no doubt it'll be a, a really, really good match. One of the better matches on the SummerSlam card. Um, but um, in terms of what happens, uh, I, I actually think that New Day will retain. I think they will hold on to the belts. Um, but that that's just a gut feel. Um, but even if they shifted them back over to the Usos for um, yet another. <laughs> title switch um which is uh, as, as you've um mind about i suppose um happened far too frequently on wwe uh, one of my many months one of my yes, many months right, right um you know I, I i personally wouldn't be um raging about that or fuming by any means because uh 
you know, the Usos have you know, successfully reinvented themselves as heels. And, uh, you know, if they had to uh, hold the belts again, I, I wouldn't have any problem with that whatsoever. So um, I think either way, whatever the outcome of the match, uh, by the end of it, we'll be all happy and smiling and feeling like winners. Um, so that that's um, you know, certainly one of the uh, matches on the show that I think will be a highlight. Yeah, I've got two things on that is well, two two credits, I suppose, to this. One, yeah, match quality. I do expect it to be good, like you've said. The other one is the that sort of predictability that has been plaguing WWE for so for you know, I don't know, past three, four, five plus years. Is with this one, it's it you can't really say that. I think you actually can see it going either way. You can see the the New Day um, retaining the titles here, but equally, I, I do think you you could see the Usos winning them back, and and that that whole kind of dynamic going back and forth again. So that that is that's another positive to this in that there's there's no predictability about it. You can see either either outcome for this match. So yeah, it should be good. Storyline wise, yeah, like you say, I think just because I've seen it so many times I'm not particularly excited by it, but I do think it will be a good match and that's one I'll most likely enjoy once once it's underway. But to switch across from to SmackDown over to Raw. Now we've not got anything uh, confirmed at this point. Um, you know, the, there's nothing being finalised in terms of the card, but, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro are the tag team champions, and what we're seeing on television is this kind of thing that's getting going. Them with in, in individual matches with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Now, the expectation is obviously that we're going to see... Um, what we what how how quite how we put it um uh, two thirds of the shield reu- reunifying but um not you know fully on board with each other against the tag team title uh, tag team champions and as we said before we we started recording you know um two guys who don't particularly get on but are forced together as a tag team to fight for the tag team titles where have we seen that before Hello, who are the tag team champions again? So I guess my question is more: Do you, do you expect us to see um, a, a title match here on the card between um, Sheamus and Cesaro and Ambrose and Rollins, or do they look for some way to potentially get the Hardys and maybe even Gallows and Andersons into this as some kind of like a, a fatal four-way or a three-team match or something like that, or 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 potentially do we look at the Hardys facing Gallows and Anderson separately to this? Um, well, I mean, w- one thing which is pretty obvious to say is that uh, we'll certainly have an answer on this uh, coming Monday's Raw. Um, and uh, my my gut feel at the moment is that we will probably end up with um, a four-way. So... Um, you know, we've got um, you know, the Hardys certainly in that kind of picture, and uh, you know they've been feuding back and forth with um, you know, 
Cesaro and uh, Sheamus, and then mixed in with that, we've got Gallows and Anderson, and um, you know it's uh, those three that are certainly going to be in that kind of reckoning. And um, I don't, I, I think that it's a shame though that the revival um, are out of the show, um, obviously with injury to um, is it is it Dawson or Wilder? can't remember which one. I think it's Scott Dawson that got injured this time. It's, right, uh, okay. It's, it, again, it's a shame, isn't it, that they've just got back back into the swing of it, back on TV, back in contention, you know, getting themselves in amongst it with the Hardys and then bang an injury again. Really unfortunate. Yes, yes. But, um, no, I think certainly Cesaro and Sheamus um, defending against um, the Hardys, Callis and Anderson, and I'm missing another tag team, aren't I? Um, which is the Shield. Oh, of course. Sorry. How can you forget the Shield? You yeah, know, the two guys that, you know, they used to Going be brothers, C-Low. but now yeah, they don't get along. About two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. That That's my, my prediction then, is that um, Demolition will be winning the tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> Beating the natural disasters of the Nasty Boys. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and the Legion of Doom. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So we've got, as you were saying earlier, and I'd um, completely uh, had a bit of a brain fart there. Um, you know, Rollins and Ambrose um, make up that fatal four way, in my view. And um, I would be expecting those two to actually walk away with the titles um, because I think there's certainly some mileage in Rollins and. Um, Ambrose is that kind of uh, odd couple pairing. Obviously, we've seen that with it, as you, as you kind of hinted at, the champions um, you know, this year, and we've seen it plenty of times in the past. But, um, heck, why not do it another time? Um, especially when you've got two guys who, again, um, have had their struggles in terms of um, maintaining that interest um, with the fan base and um, trying to... Um, get back what they had a couple of years back. Um, you know, clearly Rollins and Ambrose uh, don't you know, quite frankly have that kind of star value, that kind of um, level that they were at, you know, back in 2014, 2015. So, uh, you know, whilst, you know, they wait for that time to build them back up, um, put them together as a tag team and get a few months out of that. And then, um, Maybe as you get into Royal Rumble time, um, that's a time to start um, doing something um, with Seth Rollins. Obviously, uh, worth noting that he's on the cover of WWE 2K18. Um, so stuff stuff like that normally doesn't happen without, um, you know, just by coincidence. You know, they, they clearly have got some plans for him um, due to putting him on the cover of that game. Um, so I think that they will pull the trigger and bring him back up to main event level um, in due course. Um, but in the meantime, um, let's have a bit of fun with he and Ambrose as tag team champions. Mm, I, I, th- I think it's certainly a possibility if they do go for a four way, I hope so, because I, I'd look forward to watching that. It's got to say the crowd really popped for them too. you know, that whole sort of um, anticipation of them making, you know, doing the signal that the, the fist, pump thing in the middle of the ring and um you know 
Ambrose walked away, then Rollins walked away. So I think the crowd would certainly go for it. The only difference in dynamic, I think, to that odd couple thing that they've done with Cesaro and Sheamus, where I think Cesaro and Sheamus have really sort of, you know, they've been given the ball and they, for me, they've grabbed it and they've really, really run with it and they've they've made a great job of it. And I like them two together as a pairing. Is I feel that this with Ambrose and Rollins, this is more likely actually being set up for for them to split apart, you know, a few weeks down the line, up ready, perhaps even straight after the next pay-per-view or something like that. And perhaps this time we see the reverse and we actually see Ambrose turn on Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's quite possible. Um, I mean, we've been suggesting that for a long time now, haven't we, that Ambrose desperately needs to turn heel. Um, you know, he'd been losing momentum as a baby face uh, for quite some while. And, uh, you know, it's certainly benefit him to have that change. And on top of that, not only turning heel, but um, potentially changing his whole presentation in terms of um, the way he dresses, the way he looks, hairstyle, um, gimmick even, um, you know, reinventing himself and getting out of the um, jeans and vest, um, I think, can do him good. Um, he needs something to reinvigorate himself. You know, um, you know, Steve Austin gave him that famous bollocking um, it was last year, wasn't it? And uh, Yeah, um, and he never took it. No, that's right. Um, you know, well, the, the greatest, probably the, the, the biggest draw ever in the history of the business, you know, the a single draw in the, in the history of the business, give you the advice and you didn't take it. And, yeah. you know, well... <laughs> well that's it so you know the, the heel turn would be the perfect excuse to completely reinvent himself and uh, we've seen it on countless occasions in the history of no, not, never mind WWE but the entire wrestling business people um, having a successful career sorry a successful gimmick um, then it runs its course and then they go away reinvent themselves and then have that new lease of life and he desperately is in need of that because um now he's really been going nowhere fast. Um, really, ever since the um, feud against Brock Lesnar, you know, 16, 17 months ago, where you know it was about as one-sided as, as you get, and um, mm-hmm. he's never recovered from that. So no. he needs something to reinvigorate himself. So yeah, I mean that that's another possibility as well. That you know, instead of you know becoming a champion with Rollins, um, you know, he turns on him. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, it, it could be that that's where they get to ultimately after a tag team title reign that they put the titles on them for a few weeks and then um, maybe um, just before Survivor Series split them. Then, and then uh, you know, they they can have a, um, a big match at Survivors um, with Ambrose as the heel, um, Ambrose and Rollins as the face. Or it could be that they, they go ahead and pull the trigger now and um, culminate in a big match at that show in three months. So uh, plenty of possibilities with, with those two as well. Absolutely. And I think Ambrose turning on Rollins it kind of sets up for both guys the chance to reinvigorate themselves. Like you said, the chance for Ambrose to reinvigorate his character, change it around and go on a new run. But um, uh, Rollins, again, crowd get behind him for it. And and if he comes out on top of it, 
it reinvigorates him as well. So ultimately what you do want, isn't it, from a feud is both guys benefit from it. And and I think this is something that both guys need and hopefully could be of benefit to both guys. So, yeah, it'd certainly be interesting to see quite what does happen and what directions things take from that side of it. Uh, moving things along then to the, the US title. Now, we briefly mentioned this um, earlier. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Yet again, we have seen this a lot recently, and I was sorely, sorely disappointed with their match at Battleground. It was it was awful, in all honesty. It really was. But they've really picked things up. They had a good match on TV. I thought they, had, you know, it was a really good match. And we've now got Shane McMahon in the mix. Now, my feeling more is that this is this will just be AJ Styles going over Kevin Owens. And what we are working towards here is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a match, maybe at Survivor Series. Yeah, there was um, certainly a hint of that, as we saw um, with um, you know uh, Shane McMahon, you know, in the ring, um, getting to uh, involved in that altercation between Styles and Kevin Owens, and uh, certainly there was that kind of little hint dropped in there um, you know, with uh, you know, Shane being pushed over that. Um, now that will be the direction that they'd look to move in, essentially, with um, the owner's son. So, um, no, certainly um, nothing that they'll likely throw away on a, on a SmackDown. That will be safe for uh, one of the bigger shows. Um, and Survivors um, might be just that event. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of Owens and AJ, uh, I'm still disappointed, though, because, uh, yeah, I mean, their match... You know, on SmackDown was pretty good, but again, nowhere near what they're capable of. I mean, don't don't forget these are two of the preeminent workers in the entire business, and they're capable of much much better than this. I mean, they they should be, you know, displaying Rogers and Astaire levels of um, chemistry between each other, and uh, we're just not seeing that. Um, you know, they they should be putting on classic matches and. Uh, that's why I've been underwhelmed thus far. Um, but I'm hoping that um, you know all of that will be put to bed in emphatic style with a show-stealing match um, between the two. And uh, you know this is the perfect stage. And on top of that, I think it will be the perfect crowd. You know, the Brooklyn, New York crowd um, can get very amped up, and um, especially with the right kind of action in front of it. And New York loves AJ and Kevin Owens, so I'm sure they'll get a great reaction. And if they are, um, you know, um, presented with a really, really exciting match, um, then the crowd and the participants can feed off each other and um, turn it into something very special. So I'm really hopeful and almost expecting that that will be the case. And it will make up for, um, as I say, um, underwhelming matches that they've had thus far. Yeah, well, it certainly can't be any worse than Battleground. That's that is one thing for certain. So yeah, hopefully it will be another step up from what was a good match on TV. M- moving on to the cruiserweight championship, we've got Neville, who has been just absolutely supreme. I I don't think he gets enough credit 
even though I know we give him plenty of credit because uh, I think he's been tremendous since he returned from injury and, and turned heel. He has just been such a shot in the arm to that division. He he is brilliant. Neville as the heel champion, uh, absolutely superb, fantastic. And I wish he wasn't on pre-shows. I wish he was on the main card because he deserves to be showcased. Defending against Akira Tozawa with uh, Titus O'Neil in his corner. Um, I, I fully expect this to be a good match, uh, perhaps a very good match, because Tozawa certainly has talent. I, do, I, I, I must admit more, I've been slightly underwhelmed by Tozawa in 205 compared to what I'd seen in the Cruiserweight Classic that last year, though. Hmm. Well, I mean, the stuff he did in the Cruiserweight Classic is is much more closer to what he's done elsewhere. Um, Dragon Gate um, in Japan, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla in California, two of the promotions which um, have featured him quite extensively over the last several years and where he's delivered his best work. And, um, you know, 205, sorry, the Cruiserweight Classic is where um, he came close to, but not quite at the level of what he's done previously. Um, but certainly, as you say, in 205 Live um, and on Raw, um, nowhere near what he's capable of. He is somebody who at times in the last several years I've ranked as one of the top 20 wrestlers in the world. That's how highly I've rated him. And uh, the fact that he's not come anywhere near producing that level of performance um, has certainly been disappointing. Um, but he's got an opponent there in Neville who he knows very, very well. Both have wrestled each other in um, Dragon Gate in Japan over a number of years. Um, but even all that said, though, I, I still don't expect this to be a, 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 you know, a fantastic match purely because, you know, it's it's a dead division. You know, the 205 Live and the Cruiserweight um, division just have so little momentum. Um you know, it's uh, sad to see, and a lot of that, a lot of that's down to the booking. Um, I really think it was a big mistake for them to um, move 205 Live onto um, main roster tapings. I think they should have kept it at full sale, um, where you know the cruiserweights were received significantly better. Whereas when they're having matches in front of crowds that clearly don't care about them. Um, it makes the matches seem worse than they are and it makes the talent seem um, like nobody's. And um, it it really is, you know, disappointing for them because, you know, the likes of Neville, you know, they've worked their entire careers to get to this stage. And uh, the fact that um, they're just treated like non-entities is is disappointing. But um, all that said, as you say, Neville's been a breath of fresh air in 2017. Uh, a great, great heel, one of the best in the whole company. And, um, you know, he's, he's got a very uh, good opponent in Tazawa. I'm sure they'll have a, a very good match, but um, my fear is that um, it will be played out in front of a half-empty um, arena on the pre-show. Yeah, it's so, up to 10 minutes. Yes, indeed. So... Um, you know they'll try and make the best of a bad situation, but um, unfortunately, wider factors dictate that um, 
this won't be a game changer for for them or their division. No, and, and Neville to retain? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, you know, he's, he's retained the title for a while now, um, for a number of months, but um, I just don't see them putting the belt on Tozawa. Um, I think they'll just wait for um, a while yet and um, decide who the right opponent is to hold that belt after Neville, but I just don't feel that Tozawa is that person. What, what about, is there a chance they could get Kota Ibushi back? Maybe they make that a WrestleMania moment then? Um, highly unlikely because um, he's actually working in Japan on Sunday. Um, so no, I don't, Obviously not this weekend. I mean, you know, for the future. Oh, right. Um, well, the WWE did offer him a contract and he turned it down. Um, you know, he wanted to uh, continue working freelance around the world and... Um, you know, he's really enjoyed that. He's been uh, delivering some fantastic matches in the last couple of weeks as part of New Japan Pro Wrestling's um, G1 Climax tournament and uh, really impressing everyone with some of the stuff he's been doing there. You know, he's, he's just an incredible, incredible talent, one of the best in-ring workers on the planet. Um, but he made his decision. He, you know, he was offered a deal, but he didn't want to take it. So... Um, mm. I don't think that he'll change his mind, especially after um, what has transpired with the Cruiserweight division in 205 Live. Um, it was perhaps the right thing to uh, stay um, and stick to what he knew and what he was doing. And um, he seems to certainly be enjoying what he's doing over there um, in Japan and elsewhere around the independent scene. Well, just briefly then, what about another name I'll throw at you then? If, when, when that time finally comes that Neville does uh, do the deed and hand the title over to, hand that torch over to somebody else. What about if it's Johnny Gargano? That's a very good shout. Um, now he's another one who's um, certainly got a good following on NXT. Um, and, and we'll see that, I'm sure, at NXT TakeOver um, just over a week. And uh, the... Um, you'd hope that the kind of reactions he gets on NXT can translate over to the main brand, um, which obviously features um, Cruiserweight division on Raw and host the tapings for Cruiserweight um, for, for the 205 Live. Um, and he'd certainly be um, a very worthy champion. Um, but he's also a smart guy as well. And I think that he personally will hope that... Um, now he, he'll be used as part of the main roster and following the footsteps of Finn Balor. Now, granted, Balor's career isn't going fantastically well at the moment, but um, no, he's, he's still been a universal champion, don't forget. So, uh, and, and on top of that, um, one of uh, Gargano's um, friends in Austin Aries quit the WWE because WWE didn't have any plans for him other than to compete as part of the cruiserweight division. Um, and because he felt to Aries that the division was dead, he wanted no part of it. So he decided to just bail and move on with his career outside the WWE. So uh, mm. I'm sure Gargano will have much the same feel that um, you know, it, it's just a title, it's a division, it's a concept, a brand that um, has just not worked. And um, to be a part of that would not be 
great for, for his career longer term. So uh, much as I'm sure he'd like to be working with the likes of uh, Tazar and Neville, um, now it's a bit of a poison chalice at the moment is, is the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, and uh, much as Neville's making the best of a bad situation, um, ultimately it is a bad situation. It's, it's, uh, it's a division that has just not succeeded. Um, you know, when it comes to the mainstream WWE audience, and uh, that, that is a shame. Yeah, it it is a real shame, and it is a, it's challenging times ahead for that. It, it could be interesting to see uh, quite how things uh, pan out. So coming over to the women's division, um, both brands. We'll start with the SmackDown side of it, with the SmackDown's Women's Championship. We've got Naomi defending against Natalia. Now. We were surprised that it was Natalia that actually came out on top of this. But again, now I'm starting to wonder, has Natalia been put in this position because we could well be seeing a cash-in from Carmella? You know, his, his the, I know I've already mentioned this once tonight. It, you know, could this be the show where we see two cash-ins? <laughs> I'd be very surprised if that happened. Um, well, two cash-ins specifically. Uh, as to whether, you know, there's a possibility of one cash in and it's Carmella that cashes in, um, that's that's certainly more possible. Um, you know, she um, obviously has got her man back. So uh, we saw the return of um, Ellsworth on SmackDown this past Mad. week. <laughs> well, Mad. I use the term loosely. Um, <laughs> I thought it was, was called the chinless turtle, wasn't it? Something like that. He takes oh, a lot of abuse, bless him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's quite thick-skinned. I think he needs to be in that kind of role, especially with a chin like that. Um, no, you know, it, it's um, another division, unfortunately, that has really, really struggled. And it's surprising given that... Um, you know, that's a division that had Charlotte move over to it. And, you know, her career has just gone absolutely nowhere, surprisingly, since she was drafted over um, to SmackDown. Um, but we are where we are, Natalia and Naomi. I think Naomi um, is certainly a good champion. Um, I'm a big fan of hers. And uh, Natalia, on the other hand, it almost feels like, well, you know, she's been a loyal servant to WWE over a number of years. So let's give her a big match on a big show um, in the title contest. Um, but beyond that, um, didn't really see the point in putting Natalia into this contest. Don't really see what purpose it serves. Um, Naomi and Charlotte made a lot more sense. Um, so, you know, logic to me suggests that Naomi should retain, but I've got this sneaking suspicion that... Um, just as a reward for being in the company for so long, they'll put the title on Natalia and um, as to whether she drops it the same night to um, Carmella, um, you know, mere, mere minutes after winning it, um, that's certainly possible. But um, I, I've got a feeling that you know, she might just hold on to it a little while longer than that. Um, you know, it would be a bit embarrassing to her. Uh, hold the title for only a matter of two or three minutes. So mm. um, I, I, I've got a feeling, an uneasy feeling of that, that uh, Natalia holds, uh, sorry, Natalia wins a belt and uh, keeps the title for maybe um, 
at least from this pay-per-view to the next one. But that's about it. Yeah. It's, it's, Natalia's a solid, solid worker and she has been for a long time. So, yeah. I, I, I don't expect a great deal from this. And sadly, I think they'll be positioned in a point where they're just a break in between big matches, which, which is a shame. But like you say, Charlotte's not in this. And I suspect that she's been held back for other things. But uh, we'll we'll discuss them probably next week or the week after because that might become more apparent. Um, on the Raw side of it, Alexa Bliss is now going to be defending against either Sasha Banks or Nia Jax following the uh, injury to Bailey. So uh, I, I'll be honest, Mo, I don't think it particularly matters whether it's Sasha Banks or Nia Jax. Um, I, I suspect it's more likely to be Sasha Banks, but I think Alexa Bliss is going to retain regardless. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, again, it's a title that's had perhaps too many title changes, and it needs to have um, somebody holding the belt for more than a few weeks. And I think Alexa's certainly um, transitioned very, very well over from SmackDown, and you know, and um, has certainly uh, come across as a very worthwhile champion, holds the belt well, and uh, uh, fills that role admirably. So um, it'd be a shame to see her drop the title already. Um, but, you know, in a way, this injury to Bailey's, in my view, has been a blessing in disguise because I, I had a real feeling that in this match, in this arena, in front of that crowd, you know, she would have been booed out of the building. She would have got the um, Roman Reigns treatment and um, it would have been Alexa that would have been getting you know most the bulk of the cheers um which would have been slightly off-putting for bailey being that she's been such an overface but uh alexa to that audience you know is is uh, very popular and i think it would have been at the expense of um bailey i think she would have been shat on really yeah so it's, it, it's having, when you consider sorry more well, when you consider as well that you know, two years ago, the first NXT takeover in Brooklyn, it was Bailey and Sasha Banks tearing the house down. It's oh. um, it is it is a shame when you think when you contrast and compare from where they were then, how high they were, and the level they were performing at, to how sort of run of the mill they kind of feel on television at the moment. Well, that's right, and um, you know, it'd be easy to point the finger at the writers, the bookers to say it's all their fault but um, is it easy to just say that it's purely down to them? I don't think so um, I think sometimes the talents have to take some of the blame. It's very clear that Bailey doesn't come across the same way that she did on Smack on, on NXT sorry. Um, you know, she came across like a, a really special act, a really special talent and she seemed like just another talent on, on Raw. Um, no, she's mixing it now with some very supreme talent. And it's not just in terms of her own division, but you know, she's sharing TV time with you know, some very, very accomplished you know, male talents as well. And um, you know, she certainly feels like she's lost in the shuffle. Um, so I think this injury might do her some good um you know, if she's away from tv for a while um returns maybe in a couple of months um you know that might just do a good 
Um, but uh, no, as far as a title match, I think Alexa um, should retain, and I think she will. So for the WWE Championship, then uh, last couple of matches, I've already said. Look, my fear is that Shinsuke Nakamura wins this, and then we get the cash in from Baron Corbin. I do think it's it's certainly plausible. Uh, it would be my fear here that um, you know we we see Shin as the champion for about two three minutes and then loses it. In theory, that's a way to keep him strong. You know that he's only lost. Um, because he's fatigued and he's just finished, you know, up with a match. What I certainly don't want to see is Jinder Mahal going over clean on Shinsuke Nakamura, um, because there's such a how do I put this politely? That there's such a, a gap in talent between the two that it's. I think it's going to be difficult aesthetically. It's going to be difficult for Shinsuke Nakamura to have a good match with Jinder Mahal because. He's limited, though I think he's he's you know he he's done an admirable job in in his role as champion, but this crowd is going to be really really up for Shinsuke Nakamura, aren't they? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, um, this is the uh, the hardcore WWE audience that turns up. Obviously, the the vast majority of them will be there at Takeover, um, and you know, as I say. You know, this audience is the one that regularly watches NXT. They've seen Nakamura come through that brand, um, rooted for him very strongly uh, whilst he was there. Um, you know, a fair number of them would have followed him even prior to NXT in New Japan. And he had a very successful career there as well. So they've, a lot of them have followed him for quite a number of years. Um, so he's a big, big favourite with that audience. And um, you know, there, there's certainly no kind of debate about who the two will be the more popular. Um, but yeah, it would be a travesty for um, Mahal to come out of this match as the champion. Um, Nakamura has to win. Um, you know, he's a supremely charismatic talent. And, um, you know, he's yet another person that hasn't been booked ideally perfectly by any means um, since moving up from NXT to um, one of the main brands. And, uh, this is a chance to um, kind of make up for some of that um, poor booking that he suffered um, since coming up. So you know, he has to win the title, in my view. And I think the only question then is, is that whether Baron Corbin will cash in um, on the night. And um, nine times out of ten, when people cash in, they normally then walk away two minutes later with that championship belt. So... Um, it would be a shame that if he was to win it at last for him to then drop it minutes later. But um, that's certainly a possibility. So uh, you know, it just makes it interesting anyway. It certainly adds that bit of intrigue to the contest that, OK, even if we think we know who's going to win, is that person still going to walk away by the end of the night with that championship? Yeah, so, always, uh, more, always more intriguing for the, the baby face to chase rather than the heel. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'd 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 be very disappointed if uh, Nakamura walks away without any title, um, whether it's for two minutes or longer than that. Um, so Mahal has to. That that's just an experiment, in my view, and it's an experiment that's failed. Um, putting the belt on somebody who didn't really deserve it. Um, 
and we all know the reasons why um, they clearly wanted to uh, make um, more of an inroad into the Indian market and they felt that doing that would mean having to put the belt on an Indian or person of Indian descent but um, they've done it now um, they should have the TV ratings back to prove whether it was or wasn't a success even if it has been a success the fact is he's now been a champion um, and he's certainly more over than he was and a bigger star than he was six months ago so uh, take the belt off him bring some credibility back to the belt and then um, move the belt and Mahal in different directions yeah let, let's hope so certainly let's hope so so that just leaves our main event the the they would say core main event but i think this is the real main event of the night personally i am really looking forward to this brock lesnar obviously universal champion there defending against roman reigns samoa joe and braun Strowman in the fatal four-way for the universal championship this i think will be not necessarily you know a wrestling one-on-one classic but lots of fun with some good spots in there and added into the the mix of intrigue we do have the the announcement this past week that Heyman has said that if Lesnar loses that's it he's leaving WWE Mm. well that's right Um, and you know as was talked about a couple of weeks ago on on this show um, there's a lot of speculation now that um, Lesnar's heading back to UFC and um, you know that speculation is um, increasing all the time. So uh, you know it's at this point uh, there's a feeling that it's almost inevitable that he's going back. The only question then is, well, if that's the case, does he drop the belt on this show, or does he perhaps drop the belt on the next um, SmackDown pay-per-view? And um, you know that that's something that. Um, you know, perhaps only he and a few others in the WWE at this moment in time really know. So, um, I mean, it's certainly going to be um, interesting about that. And again, adds a bit more intrigue, um, especially given the four-way nature of it. Um, but uh, no, it, for me, it's the most eagerly anticipated match of the year. You know, it intrigues me even more than anything that we saw um, heading into WrestleMania, uh, you know, we've got four very unique acts, four very unique talents. Um, and there's so many different ways that this can go as a ma- not only as a match, but um, in terms of what comes out of it. And um, that, that's what's so intriguing. So that's why, um, you know, it's so difficult to, to call. But uh, if I was to you know, if you held a gun up to my head and said, okay, which way is the title going to go? I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to put the title on Brock Lesnar. I think they're going to keep it on him and therefore Paul Heyman doesn't have to leave forever, um, but he will eventually drop the belt at the next um, pay-per-view. And um, I don't think that will be a four-way match. Um, I think it will be um, against one of the three other individuals from that contest. And of those other three, I think it will either be Samoa Joe or uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I, th- I find this one really, really difficult to call. 
and and obviously WWE has done this kind of thing before. You know, someone's leaving, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're actually leaving. They'll just take a bit of a break, and then they'll come back and blood. You know, yada yada yada. But I really don't think they're going to put the title on Reigns at the moment. I think they've been really, really smart with this. You know, Reigns is really growing as as a character. He's in ring everything. He, you know, he's becoming a big, big star. And I think that they're purposely holding off, and, and they're going to wait and they're going to put him, the title on him at a later date because it just it makes perfect sense. And I think he's destined for bigger things, and they they just don't need to do that right now. And my suspicion is that, yeah, I, I, although I can't see Joe winning it, it's almost like you can see that out of them all, it may, almost makes sense that the next person that will hold it will be Samoa Joe. And, but that, and it's a shame to say this, that won't be as, as a bona fide, you know, long runners champion. It will be as, yeah, not an interim champion, the guy to carry it and set it up ready for, for the next switch. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think that ultimate um, flag bearer will be Paul Strowman. Um, I think the WWE really sees something in this guy. And it's clear to see why he's charismatic, he's larger than life, and he's um, getting over. And he's getting more and more over by the week to the extent that I think he'll be the most popular of all of the superstars working SummerSlam, you know, more over than right. Certainly more over than Reigns, certainly more over than John Cena, uh, more over than Brock, anyone on the show. He'll get the biggest reaction in my view. He's and, a monster. Uh, among, he's a monster amongst men. <laughs> oh, you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> the crap they, yeah, that just that thing when <clears throat> that poppy got on raw, when he just said, I like hurting Roman Reigns. Simple things like that. The crowd pop big style. You know, that I'm not finished with you yet. You know, just simple things, really, really simple statements that are not spectacular in any way, but he delivers them and the crowd are on with him. They're really, really on with him. And for me, yeah, it makes perfect sense to go for, for WWE to say, you know what? Let's go with this guy because everybody's behind him and he's really on fire at the moment. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Um, you know, this guy has got amazing momentum behind him and, uh, you know, and he's almost like Vince McMahon's wet dream. So that kind of almost guarantees that, um, it won't just be another false dawn with this guy. They are going to go all the way with him. And, uh, it's more a question of when, run if they pull the trigger. Um, but for me, let's just hold fire for now, build it up to something special, ideally in a one-to-one match. And it could well be that it's Brock. You know, they might decide, well, actually, Brock retains here. Um, but when he does face, um, when he does face Lesnar again, um, then it will be one-on-one for the title. And, um, you know, when that happens, um, that could be just an amazing moment for the WWE. Never mind Braun Strowman. So, well, that, um, that could it could well be a WrestleMania moment right there, uh, as you call it. Yeah, and that that no. is that is you know that could well be that you know that like you say Lesnar retains, but then loses it, and then we have Lesnar 
and Strowman perhaps at WrestleMania, and we have Cena and Reigns at WrestleMania. So, uh, and you know, for all we criticize them, they will certainly have some interim WrestleMania plans already in motion. So, I, this is why I, I have such high hopes for this match, not just in the, the match itself and, and what it presents, but I think it's it's the kind of the first footings towards building towards WrestleMania. Mm. Well, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they'll be giving some thought already, as you say, to, uh, you know, certainly the, the two or three key matches for that show. And, um, you know, there'll be some little things that will be done even as early as SummerSlam to kind of, um, set the scene for, you know, um, eight months time. So, um, you know, it's uh, something that uh, will certainly be quite exciting to see what comes out of it. And, um, you know, that will then lead into Survivors, leading into Raw Rumble, and ultimately culminating at WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, WrestleMania season uh, begins earlier and earlier. Yeah. So, all in all then, just to summarise things more, if I have to uh, put you put you to the sword here, what are your expectations for SummerSlam overall then? Uh, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, thumbs up? What what are you honestly expecting the show to be? I don't think it'll be the best SummerSlam of all time, but um, I certainly think it will still be a good show. Um, the main event, the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship contest, potentially the Cruiserweight Tag Team, sorry, Cruiserweight Championship match, um, and a couple of others will all be um pretty good very good great excellent um and i think a number of the other matches have the potential to be uh pretty decent too there's very little on the show that i think will actively be bad um cass and big show is the big contender for that one um but the rest can all deliver um to greater or lesser extent so uh i think plenty to be optimistic about and on top of that um as we talked about throughout this show, um, it, you know, with, with most of the matches, they can go in many different directions, um, both during the match and coming out of them. So uh, you know, that, that's what makes it also intriguing, therefore um, something to really look forward to. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah, it should be good, perhaps not great, but certainly good. And I think the, the main event will be the memorable moment that sends us all the way quite happy. And, and we'll certainly be uh, talking about it after it happens, but we've, we've gone over a little bit long tonight. Uh, apologies for that, but it is a big card for us to get through. Uh, however, next week, like we said, you know, we are going to go through the, the NXT card and we're going to have a bit of nostalgia and a bit of fun in there as well of, uh, uh, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania's SummerSlam's, uh, years gone by but but for now that wraps things up for for this edition of the pro wrestling index right here on the anfield index channel so um as we've said many times before you can keep in touch with us here on the show at pw underscore index on twitter uh, as always i'd like to thank uh, my partner more chatra for joining me here uh, as take taking you through it so expertly uh, breaking down the card and, of course, from myself, uh, Andy Wales, it's uh, a big thank you to all of you for listening and hitting that download button. But until next week, it's bye-bye now. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.